Normalmente se da un game ball, pero el señor Cheesehead gave me this one. Me dijo un sombrero. Entonces te lo tienes que llevar al vestidor en the locker room and give it to Aaron Jones. Increíble lo de Aaron hoy, ¿no? Sí. He can have this one. Solamente quiero el tequila. El tequila. Eso, oye, una última cosa. Scott Van Pell, SBP, some of my sports center guys just can't do a good Monday night. So I wanted to see if in the count of tres, you can teach them cómo se dice Monday night football. Una, dos, tres. Monday, Monday night, night football. Monday night. Mi hermano. Gracias, amigo. Ahí te voy a tener tu tequilita. El tequila va a llegar. Dámelo. Te, te lo doy sí. ahorita, te veo en el vestidor. Sí. Las palabras de Aaron Rodgers, number 12 de los Green Bay Packers. It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's the Diddy NFL on the Twitter box. Uh, of course, follow the group at UK Packers. It's a, it's a, there's a jocund atmosphere in the podcast studio today. Um, yeah, delighted. Look, we're back on top, kind of. Um, so we won 35-17. We doubled the line score. We were trailing at halftime. But look, all is right in the world. All right, our defense didn't work. Our offense saved us. Some of our big players had their big days. Aaron Rodgers doesn't, you know, obey the laws of physics. I mean, it seems like we're all back to normal. Apart from special teams looking quite good. But come here, this uh, game, heartwarming. Uh, hit me all in the feelies uh, because Jamal Williams was back. And he's one of these guys, isn't he, that he can leave to a rival team. No one throws their toys out of the pram about it. Um, no, no, no one more so than Jamal Williams. Let's listen to what he had to say about it. They let me. They y'all act like I left on my own. Golly, I didn't do it. Shoot, I'm just. If I could have stayed, I could have stayed. If I if I came, they didn't want me. Like that ex girlfriend. Shoot, I gotta go. But you know, I got a rebound. It was the Lions. They picked me up. You know what I mean? Now they feeding me good, taking me to dinners. You know what I mean? Another man's treasure is another man's treasure. What a national treasure. What a national treasure. Whatever about trash and treasure, uh, that guy's a national treasure. Um, loved seeing him. Uh, he was going up to Aaron Rodgers and they were, you know, hugging it out. And, of course, Boyle was there and they were hugging it out. It's great to see him. Um, and he said that when he, if, if he scored, not when he scored, if he scored, that he was going to go up and do a Lambo leap and that he knew he'd be accepted. And he would have been. <laughs> He absolutely would have been. And the heartbreaking thing about it is, is that first off, that clip shows it. Even though he's with the Lions and, you know, they've got fierce fans, he's not scared to say, because we get that all the time, don't we? What what do they call it? Robbie Keenitis, where the minute they move teams, they're like, oh, well, you know, I've always wanted to play for a school tour, bro. That's me, a childhood club. And you're like, oh, no, no, it's not. So Jamal Williams, like, finger on the pulse, positive as always, ray of sunshine. And at the end of that game, apparently, he got a standing ovation from fans and he stuck around really late just to sort of, you know, uh, soak in the adulation. And uh, he started crying because he was so sort of indebted to the Cheeseheads for, for loving them so much. But that's the way the Packers are. That's the way Packers fans are. You know, if you um, give your all to us, well, then we don't forget it. Because there's some, isn't there those players that when you look at them, you're like, ah, he's a Packer. You know, he's, he's a packer. Like Charles Woodson, I mean, what a legacy he left uh, with the Raiders. But also, he's, he's a packer, doesn't he? You know, you look at um, Reggie White, Eagles, but also, he's a packer. 
So there's there's that kind of stuff as well. Anybody watching the golf, the Ryder Cup? Do you know what? I was on BBC Five Live, um, and it's a good thing Daryl isn't on the podcast because would have got a right ribbon. But I was on um, BBC Five Live, and they you know contacted and said, "Can you come on and just discuss you know the significance of the cheese head hat?" And it's a bit left field, but you know they're going to be wearing it in the Ryder's Cup and, and stuff. So I was like, "Yeah, cool." So typical me, you know, I you have you we have our knowledge about it, but then I, I deep dive and I get all the facts. So it was um, the presenter Naga Monchetti. So that program that she runs is wild because they rang me up and said, oh, hi, Stephen, we're just going to test the line if that's OK. I said, yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. Um, did my one, two, three, four, five. She goes, OK, thanks, Stephen. She goes, right, we'll just have this p- piece about the data breach for the Afghan interpreters first and then we'll come straight to you. I said, OK. And I said, uh, sure. So right before the Ryder Cup talk, there's a guy on talking about just a harrowing experience where he was an interpreter for the English and the Americans in Afghanistan and they re- they leaked all of their emails and identities um, and locations and everything else. And now he's on the run. And I told some lads about it, like here, boys, like, you know, I'm going to be on this show. And they were like, oh, cool, we'll tune in. So they tuned in and they were like, Is, we've got the right show. And I was like, I think so. Um, and then they, then they introduced the so she sort of made this really awkward segue into oh so uh, golf um, and they got this golf expert on and the minute she said oh we have an expert on golf and I was like oh god don't tell me I felt like your man uh, what's his name uh, Moss in the IT crowd where like he's on to talk about sort of this bra he invented but he ends up on some political show talking about you know military foreign policy um, so it was literally like 30 seconds which is like oh they're going to be wearing silly hats and now we have Stephen O'Brien from the UK Packers and I literally spoke 20 seconds about the cheese head where it came from and that the, the fans are going to be t- and then it went straight to break I mean, there was a countdown on where the lads were texting me like, here, dude, like, you know, this is, it's like 57 and there's three minutes left till the hour. Like, you know, what's going on? Yeah, so I'm not going to say it was like the pinnacle of my achievement, but uh, there we go. But it's funny, though, uh, Power Carrington and the boys from Europe, they've got polo shirts and cheese heads and all the rest that are sort of, you know, an homage to Green Bay, which is a classy thing. And there's loads of footage of them now. And we're putting out like, go Europe, go, go, pack, go, where they're signing cheese heads and throwing them up into the crowd. Uh, Ian Poulter, uh, hang your head in shame. I mean, that was a very Jay Cutler effort. He didn't get it up uh, to the thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, talk about going from just a harrowing experience in Afghanistan to me talking about silly hats. Uh, not really highlighting my career um, but look I'll play the thing uh, Power Carrington came out and it's really nice what they're doing sort of pandering to the home crowd because they know that there's not going to be a big European crowd there it's going to be all local so they're trying to enamour themselves with the locals so if you're an American listener be kind to the Paddies and the Tommies and the other European men over there playing golf with you give them that warm Wisconsin welcome but anyway here's what Power Carrington had to say about their uh, their cool new polos which I said take my money on the group account but apparently these things are like £700 <laughs> Uh, no polo is worth that you put it in the wash and it'll bobble it'll come out bobble I don't care I don't care if it's Ralph Lauren or whoever the hell it is anyway listen to this this is a special one for me you know what when I hear the Irish accent when it sounds like this it is quite hilarious do I sound like him do I do I sound different please say I sound different really wanted to recognise where we are playing this year Jesus we've got one of the biggest sporting franchises in the world not far down the road the Green Bay Packers the green and yellow is a colour combination that is instantly recognisable. The green bay Particularly when you add the classic Packers coloured baseball cap in. I know the team are going to love playing in this and I hope the fans love seeing us out there. 
I know we won't have as many European fans here this year due to the travel challenges, but hopefully this might make a few of the home supporters consider switching allegiance, for a day at least. The travel, the travel challenges. Good man, Porrick. Porrick Harrington. You see, there, you see, that's a name now that would confuse all you American listeners. If you were to just read it off a page, um, I think you'd uh, you'd start running away squealing. Um, but yeah, look, it's um, great, great stuff, great bit of banter, and uh, fair play to them for for doing it. But uh, that's the preamble. Let's get on to the game. Did it answer any of her questions? No. Um, it sort of created more. Uh, you know the defense terrible uh, first half, and can we say good the second half? Definitely turned a corner. Now there is this narrative out there as well that it was because Lafleur turned around and told Joe Barry, "Hey, why don't you try actually get after the quarterback?" Which is funny. It's like saying, "Hey, water, uh, do you want to be wet?" Or, "Hey, postman, do you want to deliver some post?" You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, and there's an awful lot of people making a big meal of it online. Uh, there's a funny video by Aaron Nagler where he sort of takes the pee out of it. He does this scene where. In reality, it's probably him saying, hey, why don't you try this? And he goes, okay. Uh, you know, as opposed to the whole like, why don't you do your job, man? Stuff like that. I would play, but it has swear words. I just want to get the beep at it. Um, so yeah, look, it's um, it's frustrating because I think we start calling Jared Goff Mr. Royal because the minute the rain hit, it just didn't mix. Uh, the guy obviously struggled. There was that um, sort of couple of brain fart moments where um, Rashan Gary put on pressure um and you know the ball slips away and then there's the botch snap as well um i think detroit's penalties as well kind of flattered us um on their defense uh you know an awful lot of things seem to happen in the in the second quarter that just fell the packers way so i don't think they were as bad or as good as we think they were um and they got fortunate like for instance on one of the plays aaron throws it to uh Devontae adams and he's in triple coverage um, and it's not a penalty or anything like that. He's not throwing the ball away or, you know, caught them off guard or um, offsides or whatever, more men on the field, which he which he likes to do. It's literally just a, a really manky throw. Now, any other day, i.e. last week, uh, that would have been intercepted, but it wasn't. Uh, and there was another one that Rodgers got that way too, where when he threw it, um, the defender came down with it seemingly, but fumbled it then. Um, so we got lucky that way. Um, good night for Rodgers though. I mean, he didn't sort of obey the laws of physics, as I said, and he also cracked the top 10 in uh, pass yard uh, amongst quarterbacks. So, you know, you'd expect him to sort of slowly make his way up there. But I saw commentary on it. And well, I get into the Eric Stokes, Kevin King, uh, sort of nonsense um it's not nonsense like people have definitely have a point uh for sure and i agree with you uh so i don't don't switch off thinking oh he's gonna try be contrary again <laughs> uh that's not the case uh but you know there's there's the sort of thing out there and i've been saying it for a very long time that this offense runs through the run runs through if you will aaron jones and he he did it again you know uh, like his stats you could read out his stats but one thing that really just stood out to me was rob Domovsky's tweet that with his three touchdown catches, he's the it's the first time a Packers running back has caught three touchdown passes since Andy Oram uh, did against the Chicago Cardinals in 1942. Goddamn, they were even, uh, you know, Chicago Cardinals at that stage, um, which is quite incredible. Um, Cece Lisbell, I think it was the quarterback. Anyway, so yeah, look, just a wild performance by Aaron Jones again. Uh, unbelievable out of the backfield, you know, his runs, you know, his average run wasn't... Um, gangbusters you know it wasn't his usual stuff um but he was just so dynamic and so devastating on the day and roger said it after the game didn't he he was sort of like you know this offense runs through Devontae adams um 
Aaron Jones and Bobby Tunyon and everybody else is kind of that big power player and that seems to be the case in fact the Packers probably could have put up a 50 burger um, had Rodgers um, reached MVS with a couple of those throws overthrew him a couple of times or behind him and he said that himself that he's sort of devastated because MVS is such a weapon um, so yeah look it's you know we know we know the drill right because what the Detroit Lions tried to do is, is sort of now, it's their style of play anyway, but they tried to sort of copy the Saints in a way by going too high safety, and that sort of dared the Packers to get the ball out quickly or run the ball, and that's exactly what they did in um, match night. Um, article, he goes into some next-gen stats, and some of the stuff are just is Baluba. So Aaron Rodgers completed 14 of 15 passes for 127 yards and three touchdowns on throws that took less than two and a half seconds to release. Uh, and the average only nine tenths of an air yard per attempt on those passes, but 116 of the 127 came after the catch. What does that mean? Uh, he doesn't let himself get pressured. He gets the ball out quickly, and most of that stuff is yakety yak. And why is it yakety yak? Because the players are good at either breaking tackles or he's he's placed the ball in an area between you know those defensive backs where they have space to run. So that's the whole point, and that's how you beat his coverage, which is why it was even more confusing when a. You know, we're told all this stuff in, in preseason. Oh, the best opponent we can have is the actual defense that we go up against. Joe Barry is so confusing. And then we come up against that style of defense in the Saints and we look like we've never seen it before. Um, And then the offensive players that we have, you know, like and the number one scoring offense last year, yada, yada. Um, so it was just very surprising that game against the Saints. So um, I was on Matt uh, Nat Coombs' show um, just talking, you know, all about the Packers and there's a time to pull the bungee cord and escape cord and all that kind of stuff. And of course it's not. Um, and they got back to their winning ways. That, you know, there's, there's two plays really that kind of stand out um, for Aaron Rodgers on the night. It was that Tunyon pass uh, and he never had more than 1.2 yards of separation on the coverage and Rodgers still went there showing like he's, you know, he do, someone phrased it best really is that he doesn't wait for the window an open window or an open gap he creates open windows or just creates windows and just throws them into it so this over shoulder stuff it's weird though isn't it I mean on a night where he couldn't seemingly hit MVS and it's totally his fault there were just bad throws uh, you know he can do stuff like that to Tunyon and that pass to Devontae Adams that travelled 50 yards I mean it's just absolutely sick uh, what the man's able to do um, heartwarming story again for Aaron Jones I guess in the sense that he had sort of a, a real coming out game and it was released that his father actually passed away uh, due to COVID um, so you know all this stuff about oh do you know anybody who's affected by it and I don't know and it's like I mean the stage couldn't be any bigger here absolutely devastating for Aaron Jones and comes from a good family respectful uh, family they were always there for him you know they were tight knit there was all these stories before about how much of an impact his dad had on his life and career I guess like us all um, and then his dad passes away of COVID which is just um, sickening and then he, he had his ashes in a little necklace and that came off in the end zone and he was light hearted and, and good natured about it saying look if if the dad could have the necklace to come off with his ashes in it anywhere it'd be in the end zone and he'd be happy with it but flee from the the staff was out there after 2 a.m. and found it in the end zone, which is a testament really to, you know, what the team thinks of Aaron Jones and what they're willing to do for him and go out there and find it for him. And he is, he's a, he's a great guy. And speaking of great dudes and heartwarming stuff, we saw Ted Thompson's name being unveiled at halftime um, up in the facade as well, uh, which is great. So look, this, this game, I guess a, a couple of just random takeaways that I'll run through. Obviously a game of two halves. Um, you know, we dominated the time of possession 
we did well on on first down and second down so it really didn't sort of push us up against the mark on third down but when we did have those long third down um you know efforts to make we we tended to do it which was great then we grinded out the clock and ran it down i would also say that the lions you know they were really good on the night for giving up penalties where it was sort of crucial situations you know we're down in the red zone um and then they give up uh a play on Devontae Adams, humanity's hands all over him, and then all of a sudden the ball's placed at the one-yard line, and then the rest is history, you know? So there was kind of boneheaded stuff like that, or it was like a, a holding penalty, and we kind of suffered a little bit from that, but the Lions, again, nine penalties for 78 yards, but again, it was, you know, it's pretty crucial stuff and pretty crucial uh, moments that they, they let it be in. Again, we did well on fourth down. Both of those come with Eric Stokes, and I guess this is the point where we kind of talk about Eric Stokes versus Kevin King, because that's... That is really what it is, but there's a caveat on it, kind of, to say, look, there are times where the players are going to be on the field at the same time, you know, when we're playing that kind of coverage. So it's not just a straight swap, but if there is a time when it comes to a play where you need to put either or out there, um, well, then you would lean more towards Stokes. Now, I'd sort of say, let's pump the brakes on it a little bit in the sense that we've got a very small sample size. But again, the sample size that we have seen um, is very encouraging. Eric Stokes, in fact, was the top graded rookie corner in week two, according to PFF. Um, and then there's that thing where he went on and made the play and then he collided heads with Mike Smith. So Mike Smith is broken again. I mean, the, how many injuries can the guy get? And again, according to PFF, uh, King has been targeted six times and he's allowed five completions for 133 yards. That's 26.6 yards per completion, where Stokes has been targeted five times and only allowed one completion for five yards. So again, look, it's a, it's a very small sample size. You would expect that they, I think the best thing they can do um, as long as King doesn't have a complete meltdown and, you know, there were some moments there, like there was some really bad stuff um, that you would kind of try bring Stokes in, but don't load him up too much. You don't want to risk injury or sort of by uh, overwhelming him, really. But the the real manky plays of the day was one where he was on Quintus Cephas, who I will say, like, again, I've heard this coverage as well, oh, the Lions don't have any receivers, they're all crap. Quintus Cephas is a beast. Um, he can run good routes and he has good hands. And, you know... Kevin King was on him in man coverage. They kind of stumbled, got Fanny's about for a bit and then still makes the play. Now, it was a really good play. Um, and there's all this sort of talk about, oh, King just completely whiffed on the play and all this type of stuff. At least he kept up with him, which is like not much consolation when he can't actually get the ball off him. But it was this flaily arm attempt, I think, that really annoyed people. And the other one was DeAndre Swift, who, let me remind people, is five foot nine, and King is six foot three. Yet King got hurtled by DeAndre Swift. And again, it was the kind of, if you want to get into the sort of, you know, pedantic stuff, it was the body language of it, the kind of flailing on the ground, kind of giving up, you know, wasn't great. Um, another takeaway for the games really was special teams. You know, finally, we get to talk about them in a good light. I thought Kylan Hill was great. He had a 41-yard uh, kick return, uh, which was brilliant. Um, you know, he's, he's there hurdling people. He hurdled a kicker. Um, and then he ran another one back. Uh, so we saw Mary Jones on punt return. Nothing really good happened there, but there was no real brain fart moments. But let's talk for a minute about Bojo. That's the kicker's name from now on, Bojo. Uh, just really good. I mean, if you look at his, his stats and you go by the box score and you say, oh, look, he only averaged 46 yards you know, per punt and all this type of stuff. He had a long of 56, um, but it doesn't matter because it's the directional stuff that we need. So there's an awful lot to be said for being able to kick the ball uh, get it down by the sideline or end zone and pin them to one corner. Because the problem that we always have is that it seems to go down the middle. Uh, it doesn't go long enough for one. It's shanked, 
is another thing uh, that was a problem. Um, but the other, the other problem is, is that it's right down the middle and then you get the guy in space and he's able to dodge a couple of tackles and we just get made mincemeat out of whereas Bojo seems to be able to and again very small sample size but seems to be able to get the distance get the hang time but also be able to place them on one side of the field or the other without the ball bouncing out uh, which really pins back the team one of them was a fair catch I think and the other one he tried to run it back but got thrown out of bounds so I mean that's exactly what you expect of your punter so when you have penalties going your way um, you know, when you have wet conditions where their quarterback can't hold the ball, it's very advantageous. Um, and again, he was having a great game. Don't get me wrong. Jared Goff before that, I mean, he was basically perfect. He'd put up ridiculous numbers. And also he started to run with his legs later in the game with a long of 26, which I think for him is a career long, um, certainly a season long. Um, which wouldn't be that impressive because we're on week two. Uh, so yeah, look, it's, um, you know, an awful lot of stuff kind of fell our way, but it was good to see us kind of back to business as usual. Aaron Rodgers making mostly great throws apart from some of the brain fart stuff. Um, as well, you know, when we look at interceptions, there was none of them. Uh, whereas we got one off Goff, Devondra Campbell came down with it, who I actually wasn't impressed with on the night. Um, but yeah, look, there was, there was big power players there. Um, you see that on a possible throw to Tanyan. We see the bomb to Tay for 50 yards. Colin Hill is returning well. Stokes is playing really well. Um, you know, but the Lions did. They still made good plays. I mean, Hawkinson is a damn good tight end. And um, we can't fool ourselves into thinking because that's the that's the sort of temptation, right? The minute that the Lions complete some passes is us go, oh, geez, just the Lions, what are we doing? Um, I've sort of I was on a Lions podcast before the season and I said look Goff can be serviceable he's good you know like I mean he has these moments uh, but again he's one of these quarterbacks frustratingly like Kirk Cousins who you know can get the job done other observations uh, Randall Cobb kind of a no-show in the game until late on and then on one drive in particular they used him in the slot and he was sort of pivotal there you know getting first downs and stuff um, he almost looked winded on that one as well um, like I said earlier, Rogers now almost picked off in triple coverage, which kind of shows his bad bias towards Tay at times. But again, here is Devontae Adams coming out. Didn't he say, use me in these 50-50 situations? Now, I would proffer that in triple coverage, 50-50. Yeah, well, you're Devontae Adams. Maybe it is 50-50 at that point. You know, it's not really going to work out. AJ Dillon, uh, you know, here's a guy who I expect, here's a guy who I expected to sort of break out more, uh, be more dominant and being used more as a complimentary towards Aaron Jones. But it's quite clearly still the Aaron Jones show. You know, Dylan uh, came out for five carries for 18 yards, a long of eight. And I think that eight-yard one was in the fourth quarter and it was used pretty cleverly. So that was a run for eight. And then I think it came down to maybe third down. And Rogers was gesturing to him on the sideline to, you know, sort of come back to me. And he made a nice catch there for a first down. So just some nice clever play, but not the breakout that we've expected. Now, will he break out? I don't know, because I don't know if that's the way the Packers now intend to use him. I'd imagine they'd be forced to, obviously, if Aaron Jones went down with an injury. Um, but it seems to be once Aaron Jones is feeding, just keep him out there. And I'm all for it. Uh, Jones with 17 carries for 67 yards and one rushing touchdown. Um, so again you know not lighting the world up with uh, his averages but again just made the Lions respect the run and when you play two high safeties um, you just get devastated and then what, you, what you're obviously doing is you're coaxing them into play one high or, or stack the box and when they did that that's where that 50 yard uh, pass came to Devontae Adams like, not an easy throw at all and the coverage on him was super tight but he still ended up coming down with it so it's an encouraging game to know that the offense can't fire but again, it doesn't really answer our questions, does it? Is this uh, defense legitimate? No. Uh, the first half was woeful. 
um, and the second half was better. But I would say that although they did some good stuff, and I'm not down on the defense. I mean, you know, they they shut them out in the second half. What more can you ask for? Uh, but I think they were definitely aided there by, you know, some really dodgy plays on the line side of things too, and the wet conditions and everything else. Um, and as well as that, I mean, when you are up as the Packers were up and the Packers were scoring basically every play, well, then you really do force, um, you know, the Lions to just fling the ball. It takes their run game out of it. They become one-dimensional. So it's it's kind of easy. It's the, it's the same old Packers, right? You, you drum up a high lead and then you can kind of pin yours back and get after the quarterback because you know that's kind of where where the ball is going. Um, so yeah, look, still positive though in the sense that all the people that you would expect to step up did step up. The question marks going into the season was, is could Bobby Tunyon pick up where he left off? He doesn't seem to drop anything. Uh, he makes some great catches and very tight coverage. Devontae Adams, you know, is it, to me, it seems like he's seeing even more coverage than before, which is ridiculous because we have all of those gifs of him, don't we, where he's counting the defenders that are around him, you know? But the minute he has space... He's doing well, and it's great to see him in the slot the odd time because we've spoke about it on the podcast before. The best slot receiver that the Packers have, outside of you know the Amari Roger talk and the Randall Cobb talk, is Devontae Adams. He's just he's dynamite, you know. And the yakety yak he gets well is uh, quite impressive. Also very impressive with uh, MVS, um, zero receptions uh, on four targets. But again, you know the stats don't really tell it all. Um, so there we go. Look, the the pass rush is obviously where it's lacking. Um, they had some legit runners for the Lions, so you can't really um, give out about the fact that they made some gains on the ground. That was going to be the case. But it's a the real test now is obviously next week. It's coming up against the Niners where you've got a deceptive dynamic offense um, where they can sort of even switch their quarterbacks around and then a, a pretty fearsome defense. So you'd expect them to have all of the answers for what the Packers are given. Now, the Packers, you know trounced them last season but they were decimated with injury this is a totally different ball game if you will so this is going to be a truly fascinating game um like we sort of said you know they lose to the lions which it was kind of a game of two halves they were losing to the lions at the half uh they were losing 17 14 so it was kind of like if that happens when you're like okay this team is are absolute pretenders and i'm not saying that's what i believe but that would be the media narrative right and then if they didn't win or if they did win big, it doesn't matter because you're, it's the Lions you're expected to beat them anyway. Um, so encouraging stuff, but to be expected, we haven't seen uh, a definitive answer on the defense. Can they show up uh, next week? That's the real test because when you come up against the Lions, they did some nice stuff, uh, but let's face it, they're, they're severely deficient in areas and yet we still seemingly couldn't stop anything in the first half. So if you come up a game against a team like the Niners, um, they will punish you and they'll have a damn better defense to stop you and that's all it takes to beat the Packers unfortunately is to go up early make one or two offensive stops on them as in defensive stops for you and uh, Matt LaFleur just decides to uh, roll up the playbook into a paper plane and throw it out the window you know you just need to stop the run and that's that's the key to stopping the Packers and if the Packers keep up, coming up with inventive ways to, to make you respect the run well then that's exactly how this offense gets rolling and Aaron Rodgers doing superhuman stuff. But anyway, that's the podcast. Uh, sorry about not doing a quick snaps last week. It will be back this week. So this is your one of two helpings of um, the podcast. And also, if you want to support us and you like and enjoy what we do here, and there will be more video content uh, coming, 
uh, on YouTube and stuff like that, get onto patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. Another massive haul of merch coming really soon. And I give merch away every single month to our patrons, every single month. And if you want to see evidence of those draws and the prizes that are involved, go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers. But I have been at NFL. It's great talking to you as usual. And I love hearing your opinions on the social. So do hit me up uh, by email or DMs or on Patreon or whatever, because um, you know, that's what this game is all about. And uh, we really do love the, the fans. And thanks for the support on Patreon, as always. So it's at UK Packers on all the socials. Info at UK Packers. I'll call it UK if you fancy the email. And uh, yeah, I'll be on the airwaves again with some company to talk all things Niners in a couple of days. Go Pack Go.